Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Teach you God's Word as well. So would you open your Bibles right where you are to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. And it says, I want to just um, begin to share with you this and then we'll take communion together. Now, Peter and John were going to the temple on the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along. And when they used to set him down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. It's the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. In order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, began to he began to ask them for money. And Peter and John, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us in verse five. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I don't possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate to beg. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement what had happened to him. Now, we know this was a miracle. And we're going to believe I'm believing with you for your miracle today. But I want you to see where this miracle happened. It's not a coincidence. It's called the beautiful gate. It's called the beautiful gate. The temple where they would go to pray and where they would gather for church in the book of Acts, the temple had these 60 foot 60 foot high gates, double doors, and they're made of gold and bronze. And they were so tall that when the sun would hit the two gates into the temple called the beautiful gate, when the sun would hit these gates, it would create a reflection that could be seen. It would create this glistening reflection that could be seen for miles and miles and miles. You see, the gates into God's temple should always be outstanding, shining lights in a world of hurting and broken people. And you know that you and I, we're the beautiful gate into God's temple, into God's house into God's kingdom. I know that we're the temple of God and he lives inside of us. But in this earth, we're also the gatekeepers. We're also do you know that people are going to come to the Lord and they're going to come to church. Based on your invitation, based on your influence, based on them looking at your life. And God wants our lives to be not holy and not perfect. Of course, God wants us to live holy, but God's not waiting for you to be perfect and perfectly holy in order to use you. But there's something about this gate that I want to get get to that makes it called beautiful. Because there's something about your and my life when Jesus comes to live inside of us, it's beautiful. 
when you receive Jesus Christ into your life, it's a beautiful thing and he makes you beautiful. And even if you go back to Ecclesiastes 3:11, it says. God makes everything beautiful. Can you put the um, let's see the King James version of this Bible of this verse, Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11. And he has made everything beautiful in his time. He's made everything beautiful in his time. And I want to talk to you about having a beautiful life and being a part of a beautiful church. Because even though the doors of this of this temple were 60 feet high and beautiful gold and ornate and glistening with the sun shining on it. As beautiful as the temple was, as beautiful as the gates were, here we have a broken man that's been sitting in front of the gate for 40 years. And he's been in the same condition for 40 years. I wonder how many of us are. We know the church is supposed to be a beautiful place, but we have so many problems in the world today. We have sickness, we have disease, we have emotional problems, we have we have violence and we have racial tension and we have all these things that are that we're dealing with now, like all at once can be overwhelming. You got job issues, financial issues. We have these beautiful gates and we have this beautiful temples around the world. But we're like that guy just sitting under the gate. We're like that guy. See, as beautiful as the temple was. Here was this guy sitting under its magnificent beauty and suffering. And every Sunday and every Wednesday, people go to churches and online right now all around the world. Some are meeting again in other parts of the country and world. But no matter how beautiful the church building is, we have to be focused on the guy that's sitting outside of the gate. And he can't come in because he's lame. We got to realize people are hurting. People are suffering. We have the answer. We're the church. You know, I've been thinking about this all week is how God. You know, he says, come to me, all that are weary and heavy laden. In Matthew, Chapter 11, and then later he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hey, wait, wait, Jesus, which which one is it? Come or go? It's both come and then go, come and go, come and go. Do you need rest? Come, come to Jesus, all that are weary and heavy laden. And then once we're we find rest and we find his love and we find his strength and we have find his his goodness and we find his power. What what next? Go. What do we do first? Come. Then what do we do? Go. You see, up until about three months ago, we all came to the church. Now, in the last three months, God's. Sent us to go into the world. The message that the devil tried to stop the church that the devil tried to stop the body of Christ that the devil tried to think, oh. 
I'm going to stop all those churches from meeting. I'm going to send this virus. I'm going to make everybody afraid. And what happened? What the devil sent to destroy us, God bent to employ us. What the devil sent to defeat us, God bent to complete us. Like we're supposed to come and we're supposed to be fed and we're supposed to find rest. We're supposed to find love, but then we're supposed to go and share it. We're not supposed to be leaving people at the entrance of the doors in their lame condition for 40 years like he was. We're not supposed to be beautiful on the outside, but powerless on the inside. We're supposed to be people that are carrying the power of God, man, to pray powerfully where your prayers avail much. We're supposed to be the church that loves the unlovable, reaches the unreachable, heals the unhealable, forgives the unforgivable, because that's what God's done for us. We're supposed to be his body in the earth. We're the body of Christ. Oh, when we take communion, we're going to believe for healing today, healing in your life, healing in your body, healing in your soul, healing in your family. But we're also going to believe for healing in the church, the body of Christ, that we would find unity again and that we would truly become unified. We're going to pray for healing in our nation. But it starts in the church. We have to accept one another. We have to have empathy for one another. We have to have love for one another. You see, what makes the church a beautiful place is love. What makes your life a beautiful life is love. What makes the church a beautiful place is empathy, that we can feel the hurt and the pain that other people are hurting with and we can do something about it. What makes a beautiful life is empathy. So I'm really talking about two parallel things, really, the beautiful church. And you to have a beautiful life, he makes everything beautiful in his time. I think God is shaping and molding the church right now and molding believers into people that will just flow with him, go with him, trust him, be used by him. I think God's got our attention by now. I'm not saying God sent the disease. God didn't send racism. God didn't send a police brutality, didn't send any of that. But I think so many things are being shaken right now. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And that's why our foundation needs to be on the word of God. So when the storm hits and the and the winds blow and beat against our life, our lives are built upon the rock of Jesus and his word and his love. And a church is supposed to be built on those things, too, not on sinking sand. But on a rock, Jesus said on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But here we got a guy at the at the entryway sitting under this beautiful these beautiful gates. But he's staying in the same condition as he's been for 40 years. God doesn't want you staying in the same condition any longer. And doggone it, man, I'm committed to doing something about it in my life, in your life. I'm just adopting you into this church and I'm going to pastor you through this relationship that God's given us. I want you to see something. Why is this called a beautiful gate in, in Acts chapter three says in verse two that this man would sit under that beautiful gate. 
Your life's supposed to be beautiful. God, God's going to turn it into something beautiful. The church is something beautiful. Sometimes the church has been a place of condemnation. Sometimes churches have been a place that aren't welcoming. Sometimes churches are a place that their 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 little temple is beautiful. But there are people sitting outside that are hurting and suffering. Think about it, folks. I mean, people are struggling all over the world, whether it's emotional, whether it's financial, whether it's discrimination. They don't know what to do with their children. All the talk about whether schools are going to open. People are overextended financially. People are discouraged. People are depressed. People are lost. They're hurting. Their families are broken. Their hearts are broken. There's so much brokenness, and yet we're the beautiful gates. And we're not just supposed to be the gates that look nice. We're supposed to be the gates that open up wide and welcome all, all that are hurting, all that are suffering. Come to me all, Jesus said, come to me all that are weary, not just a few of you that are weary. All who are weary, come. All that are burdened, come. All that are suffering, come. You're going to find rest. Our whole um, season in this pandemic started with our devotional 30 days of rest where we I just went through each day for 30 days and then we went to 30 days. of Well, we went to several days of the blood of Jesus and now we're in 30 days of blessing. A couple of my two or three of my books that we that we're going through as devotionals and you're welcome to come join me tomorrow in that 1215 Central Time. But. Um, what makes a life beautiful? What makes a church beautiful is that it's the place where Jesus shows up. That this is a beautiful gate because Jesus is about to show his power there. This beautiful gate because God never gives up on us. This man was 40 years old. Somebody needs to say amen and breathe a sigh of relief. No matter how old you are, God's not giving up on you. It's never too late for your miracles, never too late for your healing. It's never too late for God to take what your life has been and make it into something beautiful. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's not finished with you. We're all still a work in progress. It's a beautiful gate because a miracle is about to happen there. It's a beautiful gate because anyone can come. It's a beautiful gate because we don't make people feel shame. It's the same thing that makes a beautiful person makes a beautiful church. I'm not talking about just outward beauty. What's most beautiful about your life is that Jesus can show up in your life. What's most beautiful about your life is that God hasn't given up on your life. What's most beautiful about your life is that you believe that anybody can have God's love. Anybody can be healed. Anybody's life can be touched or changed. What makes a beautiful life is that we don't shame people. We don't shame one another. What makes a beautiful church? We don't shame people. We have compassion. We have understanding. We are tolerant towards one another's points of view. Man, the world is trying to shove down our throat. One point of view, one point of view. You don't see it this way, then you're bad and we're going to shame you. 
let's not give in to the, sh the shame that the devil tries to bring. Like I've told people from the beginning, whenever we open back the doors of the church, no one needs to feel shame if they don't if they feel comfortable at home still. And no one needs to feel ashamed for wanting to come quickly, come more quickly. Some are going to want to come more quickly, some want to come more slowly. There's no shame. Let's not shame one another. There's no one who's better than anybody else or less than anybody else in the body of Christ. My body needs every one of my parts, man. You think you could you could do without some parts of your body? You could survive. That's true. But you're severely disabled if you cut your hand off. Your finger, your ear, your eyeball. <laughs> Shake the most beautiful thing about the human body often is considered the eyes. If you pluck the eye out of the body and put it on the table, ain't so pretty anymore, is it? Ain't so pretty blue eyes, are you? <laughs> like with your eye, your eyeballs on the table, man. See, it's most beautiful in its place. It's most beautiful in the body connected. I know that we're all over right now, all over the place. But why can't we talk about still being connected? You see, God always does things that are counterintuitive to our natural way, like, well, come on, this is just something that we're just connected this way through through media, through technology, because we can't meet in the building. But folks, I get it, but we're still connected. And as I said, let's stay connected. It's not how we connect. It's that we connect is most important that we stay connected. So the church is supposed to be a beautiful place. Full of color, full of all ages, full of all ethnic groups, full of all cultures. Full of all people with different gifts and different purposes and different callings and different abilities and skills and talents. Beautiful place. The church. See. Everybody's looking for a beautiful place to go. Whether it's a baseball game, whether it's a bar, whether it's they're looking for somewhere where that's beautiful, they're looking for somebody that's beautiful. You are it tag. You are it. The church is supposed to be the most beautiful thing on earth. With unity. Jesus said, this is how the world will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. The church is supposed to be a place of healing, not where a person's just sitting outside. The church is supposed to be a place where people are involved, not just sitting on the sidelines. This guy was just sitting there for 40 years, being pulled there every day and dropped off and to beg for. Boy, God has something much more for you than anything you could beg for. God has whatever brought you here. There's a bigger reason. You might have come for one reason, but God has a bigger reason. You might have come needing just healing in your body, but maybe you didn't know you needed healing in your soul, too. Maybe you didn't know that. We could bring healing to our to the body of Christ, we could bring healing to. A nation, many nations like we're powerful people. We're not just supposed to look pretty on Sunday. We're not just supposed to be the beautiful gates that keep people out. We're supposed to be the beautiful gates and let people in. Come, he said. 
they, and they said, oh, Master, we, we went and invited everybody. They said they can't come. They made all these excuses. They said, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. My house is going to be full. Man, God wants to reach your loved one, your family member, your, your friends. We're the church. We're supposed to be powerful. Let's not be afraid in these days. We have the answer. We have the power. We've had the love. God has not given us a spirit of fear. What has he given us? Power, love and a sound mind. I want you to see what makes a beautiful life here and then we'll take communion. What makes a beautiful church here is the first thing it says is in verse one, it was the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. You see, in the Old Testament, the ninth hour, which is three o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour, which is three o'clock in the afternoon, was the hour of prayer. But now you see here, listen to me. We need to know what time it is, gang. We need to know what time it is. We need to not ignore the signs of the times. We need to know what time it is. You know what time it is? It's the ninth hour. You know what the ninth hour is? 3 p.m. You know what that means? 3 p.m. is the very hour that Jesus died. We need to know what time it is. You know what time it is? It's time to bring healing. It's time to bring forgiveness. It's time to bring the love of God. It's time to bring the finished works of the cross through Jesus Christ. It's time to bring the grace. It's the hour of grace. It's the hour of love. It's the hour of healing. It's the hour where love reigns, healing reigns, grace reigns. No longer does the devil reign. No longer does the enemy reign. No longer does sickness reign. No longer does racism reign. None of those things reign. It is the ninth hour. It is the hour. It is the 3 p.m. hour. And it is not an accident that that's the very hour that Jesus died on the cross so that they could know this hour symbolizes and represents This is what it's all about, being a place that understands a church, a people that understands the hour we're living in, that understands the time we're living in, that understands the only cure, the only answer, the only solution to this world's problems is Jesus Christ and him alone. And we're the body of Christ. We are his body. And everything that he did. We're supposed to have the power to do on this life. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do and greater works shall you do because I'm going to the father. Why can we do greater works? It wasn't greater in quality, but greater in quantity. We're supposed to be bringing healing, bringing salvation and bringing love and bringing kindness and bringing forgiveness to millions and millions and millions and millions of people. You're a part of that. You're part of something special called the body of Christ. That's why the Bible says in was it um, Matthew chapter nine, verse 20? Maybe you guys can find the King James version of that Bible. It says she she came up from behind Jesus and she touched the hem of his garment. She touched the hem of his garment. She touched it and she was healed. Guess what? The body of Christ, we're the hem of his garment. And you know what you do with a hem? You sew, you sew it right with needle and thread. And you know what that means? That needle is going to go through you sometime. You know what that means? Ouch. (laughs) Sometimes it hurts to be in relationship. Sometimes it hurts to be a garment. Sometimes it hurts to be sewn together with other people. But it's what God created us for, to be connected so we could be the garment that the world can touch and be healed. And so society can touch and be healed from it and know that the answer is in the church. The answer is not going to be found by the media. The answer is not going to be found by government. The answer is not going to be found by social groups. The church is the force 
that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And we need to display to the world the beauty of our love for one another, our connection to one another, our forgiveness towards one another, our empathy for one another, our relationship with one another, are willing to to appreciate and honor one another, our kindness, our commitment to one another. Wow. We need to know what time it is. It's time to bring the finished work of Jesus to this world. Peter and John knew what time it was. It was time to heal this man. We need to understand what time it is. It's time to bring healing. It's the hour of healing. It's the hour of power. It's the hour that you and me must rise up and say we are the church. And if two shall agree about anything, it shall be done. And we're going to bring healing to this world. We're going to bring we're going to be beautiful gates that open up so more people can come to Jesus. This pandemic has opened up the world to hear the gospel more than it ever has before. I'm not saying it's from God. The pandemic's not from God, but the opportunity is. The beautiful gate is an entryway. A beautiful gate is the entry into a beautiful life. We can't just sit outside the gate anymore. We got to get involved. We got to get we got to get connected. We got to. How can you be connected, man? Share our link of salvation with somebody that, you know, on our website, there's a link of salvation. Like we got to realize God's given us these tools still. Let's take advantage of these tools. There's a link to salvation. There's a link for the Holy Spirit. There's a link for healing. There's a link to join this global family. So why by taking communion today, I want to take a moment and help us to understand we're the body of Christ. We're the beautiful gates. We're the entryway. If they see you, they if they see love through you, people are going to come running for that. If they see judgment and self-righteousness, they're going to go running away from it. And there's so much like just too much anger and be quick to speak. Rather, the Bible says lead with your ears, be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. The Bible says be angry, but sin not take your anger upward so you can take your love outward. Take kindness outward, take anger upward. God, help me. A beautiful life and a beautiful church, beautiful gates is a place where we elevate our expectation. The Bible says in verse five in Acts chapter three and looking up, he expected to receive something from them. You know what causes you to receive anything from God is expectation. I want you to expect I'm expecting for you. I'm expecting when we take communion today. Healing is going to flow. Answers are going to come. Solutions are going to come to you. Peace is going to come. Freedom from anxiety, depression, panic attacks. Freedom from sadness and loneliness and fear. Freedom from judgmentalism, self-righteousness and intolerance towards others. Jesus is going to heal you today through his body and through his blood. The beautiful church and a beautiful life is something money can't buy. Peter said silver and gold we don't have, but let me tell you what we do have. We have power. 
I want you to know we're coming into the greatest days. The greatest season for the body of Christ is when it understands how powerful we really are and that we have something money can't buy. We've got love. We've got power. We've got a sound mind. We've got something money can't buy. People are spending millions and billions of dollars on medication to have a sound mind. But only Jesus can really give you a sound mind. People are doing anything to have power, but only Jesus can give you real power from the Holy Spirit. And people are doing everything to find love. But only Jesus can give you love because he is love. You know what happens when you finally have something that money can't buy salvation, healing, the power to pray. You know what kind of people we become? Look at verse eight. This guy got healed and you know what kind of person was he leaped, he stood and he began to walk and he entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. You know, if just one tenth of the Bible was true, all of it's true. But if just one tenth of it was true, if you really believed it, you would act like you would be 10 times happier, 10 times more excited, 10 times more ready to dance. We got Christians that have got no pep in their step. They've got no leap in their heart. They got no praise in their mouth because they forgot what they had. We forgot the power we have. We got power, love. We got a sound mind. We got Jesus presence. We got the goodness of God. We got the love of God. We got the Holy Ghost. We got his armor. We have his weapons. We have 7000 promises. We have yes and amen. We have the love of God, the spirit of God, the wisdom of God, the faith of God, the hope of God, the trust in God. We've got it all, baby. There is nothing God's withholding from us. We're the church. We're the power source. We are the greatest thing that has ever been on this earth since Jesus came. We are the hope of the world. We together staying connected and being the body of Christ. We are bringing answers. We're bringing healing. We're bringing understanding. We're having a listening ear. We're going to lead with our ears. We're going to listen to people that have to share the pain that they they're experiencing, but then we're going to pray and they're going to let it go. It's time to let it go. It's time to let your pain go. It's time to take the healing that the body of Christ is carrying the hem of his garment. The healing is going to flow when we are connected. This guy is living the Christian life that we all should be living. What is it? Walking, leaping and praising God. It's time for you who have been sidelined to walk. It's time for you that have not been able to get the pep in your step to leap. It's time for you that have been forgetful of all the goodness of God and unthankful and forgot all that God has done in your life to remember. Because when you remember, you'll stop complaining and you'll start praising. And guess what happens when you start being a person who's walking and leaping and praising God with John and Peter, the greatest of them all. Those two guys, John, the apostle of love, Peter, the apostle of faith. And faith works through love. All the people saw verse nine, all the people saw when you start walking and leaping and praying, when you start remembering what God has done for you, man, you start walking and leaping and praising God and all the people are going to see it.
And they took note. That's the guy that was at the beautiful gate. Now his life is beautiful because of who he surrounded himself with. Peter and John, you know, your life begins to look like whoever you surround yourself with. And they were all amazed at what had happened to him. See, God wants to amaze this world with what he can do in your life. If you would rise and walk in the name of Jesus, stop sitting by as a bystander, stop waiting for somebody to tell you that you're great. Tell yourself that you're great because God lives inside you and greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Stop waiting for the government to solve the problems. They're not going to do it. They can't. They never have. They never will. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Let's amaze this world by remembering what God has done. Are you ready to take communion and pray for healing right now? Come on, let's do it. You got your bread. We handed out all this communion the last couple of days. We we held on to all the the white grape juice. We gave away all the red grape juice because we don't want people spilling it in the church, so we let them spill it at home. So if you got a <laughs> you got one of the red ones, congratulations. Before we go any further, if you never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord, if you want to be born again, there's only one entrance into the kingdom of God by being born again, not our good works, not our holiness. Jesus said you must be born again. How does that happen? God takes out your old heart, gives you a new one. How does that happen? Jesus died for your sins, rose from the dead. Just believe it. If you believe it, God will take your old heart, give you a new one. Just pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life. Give me a new heart. Make me born again. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. It's that simple. Just say amen. Congratulations. You are welcome to the family of God. Now you're in the family of God. Now say, how'd that happen? You asked him into your life. He gave you a new heart called being born again. Well, how do I know what happened? Now you read the Bible, you find out what happened. If you stay connected and you'll find out what God's doing in your life, it's a beautiful thing. Your greatest days of beauty and a beautiful life and a beautiful home and a beautiful family and a beautiful future is all because of what Jesus did for us. Now, everyone, I want you to pray this because forgiveness comes through the blood. You're already forgiven, but we celebrate it. Healing flows through the body. We're going to take the body first. Let's receive the body of Christ and say, Heavenly Father, I receive healing in my body, healing in my soul, healing in my family, healing in my church, healing in my nation. In Jesus name, let's receive the body of Christ. I know I've taken a few extra minutes today than normal at our online normal. But I want to pray for you. The Bible calls this cup in first Corinthians 10, verse 16, the cup of blessing. You see, Jesus became a curse for us 
so that the blessing of Abraham would come to you and me. All the blessings of the Bible are yours in Christ. The curse is destroyed. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Now the blessing flows. You need a blessing in your home. You need a blessing in your body. You need a blessing in your finances. You need a blessing in your family member's salvation. What was the blessing that you need today? It's in this cup. Say, I receive. Just say that. I receive the blessing of Jesus' blood. The blessing to come upon me and to overtake me. In Jesus' name, let's receive the cup. Just right where you are, I know you're at home. Would you just lift your hands to Jesus for a moment? Can we just worship him for a moment? Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you. Come on, just worship the lamb. Worship him. upon the throne who has invited us to be seated with him in heavenly places. It's our time now. Take our seat with Jesus. Take authority over the devil, over the curse of sickness and disease. We bind the force of this virus trying to live again and continue. We curse COVID-19 and all the viruses associated with it. We curse the spirit of racism and discrimination against any group, against the black, precious black culture, precious Hispanic, Asians, Indians that have been discriminated against. We plead the blood of Jesus 
over the church and that the church will be where there are no divisions among us, differences without divisions, diversity without division. I prophesy that over us in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Let's pray for our nations and let's meet together for daily bread tomorrow. I love you guys. God bless.